Resolving Conflict on this edition of Truth in Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth in Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. I am thrilled to have with us today Bill Shannon, who is the pastor of discipleship and counseling at Grace Community Church in California. Bill has been certified uh, since 1993, and he serves also as a fellow, and he's been a fellow since 2013. Bill, I'm so grateful, first of all, for your service in the local church and serving the local church so well. And then also your relationship with ACBC. Thank you for your faithful service there. We're we're glad that you're here today. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Now, Bill, our task today is to talk about resolving conflict. And there are so many opportunities, unfortunately, in the world in which we live. All the different relationships that we have between husband and wife and uh, parents and children and co-workers and, dare I say, maybe even in the church. There are so many ways in which we have relationship with, pe- with people. And when we live in a fallen world, conflict is going to happen between people. Talk for just a second about those different dynamics that we experience and the conflict that abounds in the relationships that we have. Well, I think what we see in the world today is uh, just a reflection of what's in the heart uh, we have a conflict on all levels, uh, even with three-year-olds. Uh, that's probably where they've learned it, but uh, the one thing they didn't learn is is the humility that's necessary to be able to resolve that conflict. Mm-hmm. We think somebody has something against us, and we speak out against them before we even heard what, what they said. And so we have uh, problems in the church. We have problems between pastors. We have problems between missionaries. It's all over the place. And rather than taking the attitude of Christ, and uh, he's the one who is our example, and we should have uh, the example of humility. Now, when you sit down with someone who is describing to you a conflict, and you're listening to the conflict that's going on, help us as counselors, how do you uh, discern some of the symptoms that they're describing to be able to sort out all the details of the conflict? I think, first of all, I, I want them to look at their own heart. Uh, for me to try to make a, a diagnosis of their heart, they really need to make that diagnosis because I'm not going to change anyone. It's going to be the Word of God. So I want to take them to the Scriptures, uh, Colossians uh, 3, uh, Romans 12. Mm-hmm. I want them to see that and then tell me, how are you doing there? Uh, I even today heard uh, 1 John uh, 1.8 you know, if you're without sin, and there's so often somebody comes pointing their finger at someone else, and they've got these other three fingers pointing back at themselves, and they should realize that, that they are the issue. It's not just the other person, but they are the issue. And then begin to start to take responsibility. You know, when we're in conflict, and especially as a counselor, we're hearing all of this messy stuff, that what you just described of allowing the person to focus particularly on their own heart really starts to clear away the confusion of prioritizing. What should I deal with here and what should I deal with there? So that, that's distinctly biblical truth. Now, give me some passages that are critical, that, that, you're always, that you always have in your mind that's the backdrop that helps you to listen well in moments of conflict. Well, I think that Romans 12 passage, which I just alluded to, I think is an excellent passage because it, it talks about 
being humble and not being one uh, who is thinking more highly of himself, but to think of others is more important. Uh, that uh, so far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. Mm-hmm. And wow, we uh, we don't see that very often. And that needs to be uh, at the center of of peace. There, there was one time I took a couple through that particular passage and uh, I said, what you have been doing is building this brick wall between you. And then I, I gave them a little sketch of a brick and I put a, a sin on there, that they've been, how they've been sinning against each other. Mm-hmm. Well, I said, what you folks need to do is start taking those bricks down from that wall. Mm-hmm. And, and then I had to let them go because I was done. I had to run somewhere else. And I was afraid to let them go out the door together because they had so much animosity, so much hatred towards one another. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, can I trust you to leave? And they did. And I came back three weeks later from a trip that I was making. And uh, they're all smiley. They're holding hands. And they're sitting next to each other like they really love each other. And I'm going, okay, guys, there's something going on here. What happened? Mm-hmm. Well, we went down the lobby and we sat there for another three hours. And we started to take the bricks off of our wall. And I was just, that was exciting because I had nothing to do with it. That mm-hmm. was God uh, really implementing that and showing them that they needed to take care of these particular issues between each other. You know, one of the most dangerous situations that I see in marriage counseling is not the marriage that one major event has occurred, one sin, situation of adultery or unfaithfulness that we see. Maybe one of the most lethal marriages that I see is a couple that's been living with one another and not dealing with conflict for a period of 15 or 20 years, and their heart gets so enraged and embittered. And sometimes it's so difficult, you try to work with one issue, and it seems like, just like you described, there's so many bricks in the wall. Describe how you approach that situation where it seems like both are embittered and both have been sinning against the other and they've been sinned against and it seems like they both have points and they both feel justified in the way that they think. So you start to break down that marriage to deal with some of the bitterness and anger that's involved. What are some helpful ideas? Well, well, Neil, in a a sense, sometimes they can be justified, but they're justified in their own eyes. Mm -hmm. You have to take them to scripture. And and a lot of times I'll have them read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Mm -hmm. Okay, give me three points out of those scriptures that you see apply to your marriage and what you could do better. That's a, just one of those homework assignments. Uh, I take him to Luke, and, and I say, okay, here's the, the tax gatherer, and here's the man beating his breast, and he's wondering, you know, he can't even put, lift up his eyes to look at Christ, uh, look up, look look up, and uh, he sees himself as a sinner. Which, which one are you? Help me out. Tell me which one uh, you um, see yourself as, just so that they can... Um, realize that they too are a sinner because they think they're coming there as innocent. Uh, and so I have them do that. Uh, another homework assignment, which, uh, like I said, give them a, uh, the assignment of writing down 50 ways you've sinned over the years against your spouse. I want, to, want you to write it down on a piece of paper, bring it back next week, tell me the 50 ways. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll write it out, and the lady will always have 50, and the guy has three. And, you know, okay, now we're going to switch them so that you can fill it in a little bit. But let's start confessing that sin because they don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. They've never taken the opportunity to say, would you please forgive me for doing this and this and this and this and this and this. Uh, they always try to uh, defend themselves. So you just brought up the idea of forgiveness. Oh, man, we all even 
cringe when we hear that word and think about us having to forgive someone else. What a what a difficult task. But the scriptures demand from us that we seek peace as far as it depends on us. And mm-hmm. we know that that peace can only be found through the means of forgiveness. Even peace that we have with God is because we've been justified by our faith in Christ and He's forgiven us. And so when we think of peace and us seeking peace in conflict, we have to seek forgiveness and we have to grant forgiveness. So talk in the issue of resolving conflict about uh, the beauty of forgiveness. Well, first of all, and, and I think you bring up a very good point there about that forgiveness is uh, Jesus said in Luke 17, if you see your brother in sin, go and confront him. And if he repents, you've won your brother. Wonderful. Then in verse uh, 4, the, the apostles are wondering, how often do I have to do this? And he says seven times seven. They go, oh, we need faith. We need more faith because this is impossible. In verse 5, he says, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you'd be able to accomplish that. But you know, that pursuit of peace, if we don't do that, we are going to find ourselves in even more critical problems. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says, pursue peace. It means run after it. It means hunt it down. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Verse 15 says, see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. That's what will take you to the point of not having the grace of God. You're unwilling to pursue the peace, unwilling to give forgiveness, and uh, you're going to find yourself in, in deep trouble. Forgiveness is we're supposed to forgive others as God and Christ Jesus has forgiven us, mm. Ephesians 4.32. How did he forgive us? How did God forgive us? Isaiah 43.25, I, even I, this is God speaking, am the one who wipes out your transgression for my own sake. Mm. God receives glory every time we seek forgiveness and we receive forgiveness. And then he says, and I will not remember your sins anymore, which is a great promise for us as believers. He's not going to hold it against us. And we shouldn't hold sin against our spouse, our friend, um, whatever, some person that we have conflict with. One of my favorite things to to see in counseling is when you have deep conflict in, in relationships. And just as you've been describing, we work through the scriptures and help them understand some of those principles. And, and we see them begin to to have success and that we see them begin to move in the direction of being sanctified and the way that they love each other. What are some of the things that you look for to know when couples uh, have learned to handle conflict appropriately? When, when they come to the end of their counseling and you see some of the fruit of them learning how to handle conflict well. Uh, obviously, we see the fruit of the Spirit in, in, in um, uh, Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. It's having patience with the other person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's being gentle towards the other person. It's being other-oriented rather than self-oriented. We are so selfish, and we don't see what the other person is doing for us. We don't see how they're helping us out. But in counseling, you begin to see, well, this is what I try to do, and and you help that couple uh, see the ways that they're trying to serve one another. When you start to see that, then you see that uh, they have come to an understanding. Um, Christ did not come to serve, uh, to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And this is what they're doing for one another. That's a, a, a relationship that's wholesome when you start seeing them serve one another, care for one another. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Today we've been talking about resolving conflict and 
and how to seek peace when there is conflict. At ACBC, we've just revealed at our past annual conference uh, some of our specializations, and one of those specializations is reconciliation. We want all of our certified counselors to learn uh, and to grow in the way in which they counsel. And we're now offering at many of our training centers around the country further training in this area of reconciliation. I want to encourage you to seek that training, to, to learn, to grow, to become more effective in the way in which you counsel, the skills that you use, the passages that you think through. And we've, we're offering that type of training even now to pursue a specialization in reconciliation. And if you'd like more information about that and other aspects of ACBC, you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.